It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. With us now here on The Guy Benson Show is Carl Rove, former Deputy Chief of Staff and Senior Advisor to President George W. Bush, author of The Triumph of William McKinley. He's also a Wall Street Journal columnist and a Fox News contributor. Carl, great to have you back. I am coming to your city in a matter of weeks. Oh, fantastic. Let's talk offline about that. Yeah, maybe I should send you like a little uh, an email. In fact, let me write a note right now. Carl Rove email. It's my husband's birthday, and he's spending it in Austin. That should be a lot of fun. Carl, let's talk politics. I want to start with your most recent Wall Street Journal column about January 6th. Not to linger too long on it, but overall, what was your argument that you wanted to communicate around the anniversary of the Capitol riot? Well, I'm disturbed by how many uh, fellow conservatives uh, dismiss it as a group of patriots, and uh, you know, you know, it, it, it's, it was tourists wandering through the Capitol. I always like to sort of engage in a thought experiment. What if the other side did it? You know, what if the other side had done this? Uh, now, now, let's stipulate that, that a lot of the people who showed up at the Capitol had no intention of breaching the Capitol and and trying to disrupt the meeting of Congress. They, they wanted to show their support for President Trump. But several hundred of them came bent on violence and brought others in. So what, what would have happened if Democrats had uh, declared similarly armed and attired, uh, had stormed the Capitol and attempted to have Congress uh, – stopped from receiving the electoral votes for the 2016 presidential election? What if they claimed that the President Trump's razor-thin margins in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin resulted from extensive fraud, even if they'd never been able to prove it in a single court of law? And what if they breached the Capitol defenses and threatened violence against the Republican Speaker and the Republican Senate leader? And what if they insisted that in his role as Senate president, then Vice President Joe Biden had the sole authority to seat Hillary Clinton's electors from Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, despite there being no effort, uh, successful effort, to assert fraud in a court of law? What if they'd said Biden had the sole authority to do that and install her as president of the United States? How would conservatives have reacted? Would we have said, oh, these were patriots, these, these were tourists, this was the right of, the, of a sitting vice president to unilaterally overturn the decision of a, of a state as expressed through both its election practices and in the vote of its state electors on, in December? Would, you know, would, really? Would we have stood by? So my point is, is that we as conservatives have got to stand for the rule of law, and those people who broke police lines, some of them armed with uh, – Poles and flagpoles and weapons and chemical agents and Zip ties. tactical tactical gear. They took tasers away from officers and turned them on. 140 officers were injured or assaulted. Uh, so we've got to let the, the, the rule of law stand and let this whole procedure go through the courts and, and hold uh, have people you know adjudicated in a, in a court of law in front of a, a jury of their peers and, and let the chips fall where they may. 
Yeah, but we cannot excuse say, it. We cannot we excuse su- this bit. Yeah, if we're in favor of law and order and we support the police, there can be no defending of the beating of police officers during a violent riot at the Capitol building. And if we also believe in the rule of law, we also have to look at the, that you referred to there, Carl, the court cases, one after another, where judges found and ruled that there was not evidence that the election was stolen and that this was fraud, including some very conservative judges, a number of whom were appointed by Trump himself. That is also an element of respecting the rule of law in that whole process. And I think that the sort of alternate reality that you just painted or the hypothetical situation, the the hypothetical situation where it was the shoe was on the other foot and the Democrats had done precisely these exact same things based on the same exact amount of evidence or lack of evidence. I think that that is, if people are being honest with themselves, a very obvious series of questions to answer about how conservatives would and should have reacted if it had been a role reversal situation. And, you know, I think that that is what we can leave it there, but I think it's a very compelling point that you make. In the meantime, Carl, we have the president of the United States, and we spent most of the first hour on this, going down to Georgia yesterday, lying his face off repeatedly about almost everything related to this alleged voting rights crisis that they need to fix with a partisan takeover and blowing up the Senate rules because of Jim Crow in Georgia and Texas or whatever. It was a a truly breathtaking flurry of dishonesty from Biden, but it wasn't just the dishonesty. It was the categorization of Republicans and even some Democrats who don't agree with him sort of not just uh, partially, but almost explicitly calling them racists, comparing them to segregationists, suggesting that they are enemies of the country, domestic enemies. I mean, this is pretty disgusting, outrageous stuff from any president ever. And it's particularly galling, I think, coming from a guy who sold himself to the American people as a moderate restorer of norms and cooperation. And that is not what we saw on display yesterday. No, not at all. Uh, I was terribly disappointed in it. And uh, uh, there's a, I wrote about this for my column tomorrow in the Wall Street Journal because you're, you're right. He, sub, he substituted adjectives for evidence. And the claims that he was making in that speech, you know, decrying voter suppression and election repression and, and, and pointing his finger at the Georgia Republican legislature. Let, 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 let me give you just two examples. He started his assault by saying, quote, they're making it harder for you to vote by mail. Now, what he's referring to is a state law that said local officials and private groups cannot mail unsolicited absentee ballot applications. No state law previously allowed it. But in 2020, because of the pandemic, uh, they, they, they allowed emergency regulations to be in place that allowed election officials to mail out, and, and political groups followed, uh, applications for, for um, mail-in absentee ballots. Because in, in Georgia, it's no excuse. You can vote absentee by mail. All you got to do is apply for the ballot. Well, when people were mailing out 
applications the county was mailing it out and democratic groups were mailing it out and so-called third party groups were mailing it out and so election officials received a wave of multiple requests from the same voter because they got one from the county and then they might have got one from black black voters matter and then they would have got one from the new georgia coalition so what the georgia legislature did is it said you cannot mail out uh absentee ballot applications now Biden says that's voter suppression. Well, let's compare Georgia with New York. Like Georgia, New York requires people seeking to vote absentee by mail to apply for the ballot. They don't get mailed it to the mailed in the application automatically. In fact, New York voters turned down automatic vote by mail in a statewide referendum last fall by 55-45. Yeah, now, they rejected furthermore, it. Furthermore, they rejected it, turned it down. Georgia allows anybody, anybody can vote by mail absentee. All you got to do is say, I want to vote absentee, send me a ballot. New York, the only people who can vote absentee by mail are people who say, I'll be out of town on election day. I'm ill and unable to go to the polls. I'm disabled. I'm in a VA hospital or I'm in a jail for a misdemeanor charge. That's it. So uh, who's more repressive? When, when, when is Joe Biden going to fly to Times Square and denounce New York for being Jim Crow 2.0 because they severely limit the ability of people to vote well, absentee but, by mail? And Georgia says anybody point. can. The whole point yeah. is that it doesn't matter what the details are. It doesn't matter what the truth is. This is a power grab by the Democrats, and they're going to lie and smear people no matter what it takes, and they'll just simply overlook the obvious glaring hypocrisy. He also said this in Cut 13, using scripture to attack Republicans based on a dishonest attack. Listen. When the Bible teaches us to feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty, the new Georgia law actually makes it illegal. Think of this. I mean, it's 2020. And now 22 going into that election. It makes it illegal. To bring your neighbors, your fellow voters, food or water. Oh, the Bible says, give water to the thirsty, but Georgia makes that illegal. And, I mean, it's just such a distortion of what the law actually says. But this was in a vetted presidential speech, Carl. Let's tell your listeners who, what, what the law said. The law said that every county has to provide standalone uh, water. That is to say, you know, like a, 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 a stand in which people can come up and get their own drink. But, but they said no group can provide food or beverages to voters within 150 feet of a polling place. And, and Biden said, quote, that's not America. Well, actually it is, because almost every state has similar provisions forbidding electioneering near polling places. You can't you can't. Uh, cost voters, you can't give them things, you can't provide them food, you can't provide them drink, you can't within a certain amount of distance. In, in Delaware, it's 50 feet. In, in California, New York, New Jersey, and Illinois, it's 100 feet. So is that extra 50 feet in Georgia enough to say that that's Jim Crow 2.0? Do we really want voters standing in line to have people in political T-shirts representing political organizations or candidates walking up and down the line saying, would you like something to eat or drink? And if you want to do it, you can do it in Georgia, but you just have to do it more than 150 feet away from a polling place. I mean, thank you for the fact check. The president clearly either doesn't know that or doesn't care. 
We have 30 seconds, Carl, just from a political analysis and strategy standpoint. His approval rating is terrible. Inflation, a bad number again today. There are empty shelves in grocery stores, and the president is out there calling people racist and screaming about the filibuster. How is that in terms of political priorities? 30 seconds. Really bad. I mean, Americans are concerned about inflation and COVID and jobs and Russia and the border, and he's down there focused on election reform issues and embellishing and vilifying and misleading people in order to mollify the left of his party. It's not going to result in any action, but it is going to cause him to look more out of touch with the concerns of ordinary Americans. Bad mistake. That's how it looks. That's the choice he made. President Unity. All right, that's Carl Rove on The Guy Benson Show. Thanks, Carl. We'll step aside. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at FoxNewsPodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.